0: Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners are advised that the following programme may contain the names of people who have died. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available... On iTunes and Soundcloud And we would really appreciate your subscriptions there So pick your service of choice For more information about this and other podcasts we produce Please visit thoughtjarproductions.com And now, for this week's episode Hello everyone And welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club I'm your host Stephen Platt Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode Welcome to episode 2 of Australia Month That's right, we're going through Australian cinema One film at a time, one month every year So it's going to take a long time (laughs) to to get through it all But uh, we're here and the film that we're looking at today uh, Is a bit of a special one It's called Ten Canoes And if you are from uh, beyond these shores I would say maybe it's understandable you might not have heard of the film Ten Canoes. Um, uh, It is uh, considered uh, a a very important uh, indigenous film uh, to the um, indigenous population here in Australia. It's set in um, Arnhem Land uh, in a time uh, separate from Western influence and uh, it's it's a fascinating film and I'm really looking forward to getting into it today. Uh, Joining me to explore this I've got two Fair dinkum, uh, dinky die uh, Aussies with me. Um, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah, <laughs> bloody bloody uh, yeah, bloody, bloody, uh, uh,
1: Topster, to bloody be here. Uh,
0: yeah. th- that's their credentials, or their um, credos, as I guess they're <laughs> called. Uh, joining us as our guest who has seen the film and uh, making his first appearance in 2018, it's Luke Jago. G'day, Steve. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I, I presume that your name is actually just Luke Jag, but because we're in Australia, everyone goes Jago. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you've cracked it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just
2: I've grown up that way, and you know that's just the way it's been. So yeah, Jago. Mm. And uh, how have you been? Because it's it's been a couple of months since uh, you've been on on the airwaves. Yeah, been great. Um, still doing what I'm doing. Still doing role play acting for training stuff with the police and mining people, and uh, yeah, reviewing films
0: on six PR. Oh really? New yeah. Oh, that's oh excellent. So. I'm, I'm assuming you got that because of your a, a few appearances on here. Uh, be-
2: it actually was, yes. Yeah. Your audience is growing and they, uh, there, there must be listeners out there that have been recommending me to
0: the, the big time. Mm. I always 6PR. thought 6PR
1: listeners were, would be your target audience.
0: How so. dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining us, uh, throwing uh, brilliant insults from the other end of the table, it's uh, Tegan Mulvaney, everybody.
1: Hi, hello.
0: And uh, so, 10 canoes. Uh, Teagan you haven't seen this film
1: No I haven't
0: What do you know about the film
1: um, I, I know that it was Just absolutely uh, Had massive acclaim when it came out um, I don't know why I haven't seen it Again it's one of those films that You all have every intention yeah. to see And then it slips Out of it's your of the train of thought That's it straight to the keeper mm-hmm. um, I, I believe it's Hilarious heard lots of wonderful things about it. Um, I'm really really excited to see it and to see it in this capacity as well. This is fun to then have the opportunity to talk about it for an hour afterwards and you know really pull it pull it apart and figure out why it is the masterpiece that it's claimed to be.
0: Indeed. And uh, Jago, you you have seen the film, but it, it's been a yeah. while. Yeah, well I saw it when it first came
2: out and that's the last time I saw it, so back in 06. And I really don't remember much about it apart from the fact that I was surprised by how humorous it was, you know, just within the context of the story and just the, the banter between the characters. Mm. And um, I just remember it feeling very realistic, like a documentary shot beautifully um, in beautiful widescreen. And it just felt like uh, you were transported there. So that's pretty much all I remember about it. Okay. I remember really
0: liking it. Wonderful. And um, obviously uh, it is um, an, a film that is um, told by and, and concerning Indigenous Australians. And, and of course, there yeah. is um, there is a tradition, uh, as you would expect in Australia, of uh, films about Indigenous Australians. Um, where, where does it rank in, in those films, along with uh, some of the other classics?
2: Well, for me, I mean, Rolf Here, who directed this film, I mean, he's done some... Other good films, I guess, within this realm, like there was this one called *The Tracker* that he did. Oh, he did that. You saw that? Yeah, with, um, that's yeah, wonderful. Brian David Bre- Gulpilil. Yeah, David Gulpilil mm. and Gary Sweet, I think, mm. and great film, good little genre film with you know the Australian landscape as the, the backdrop, and yeah, and I mean, I I just saw a movie recently, *Sweet Country*, um, mm-hmm. which is getting lots of praise. Uh, I think this is much better than that. Uh, 10 canoes is much better than that film um and that's why it's gone down as the classic uh that it is um i don't think there's anything really much like it as well that's been produced outside of australia so i'm really looking forward to seeing it again actually i
1: think it's really exciting to have a modern modern made film that um looks at uh aboriginal culture from thousands and thousands of years ago like Mm -hmm. to have yeah that's what makes this film so exciting um makes me excited to see it is is that they've they're using tradition that's been passed down through language and through their own forms of art and their own forms of um communication and they're using a modern day one to continue that exploration on
2: yeah well they're using a modern day technique as well as far as how the film is structured Okay, and cool. um and that's something that we'll we'll definitely get into after we've seen the film. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to get into that as well. Yeah.
0: All right, shall we jump into it then? Let's yes. Do it. Let's do it. Okay, those of you uh, listening at home, pop in your DVDs and uh you and nine of your closest friends grab your canoes as we prepare to watch 10 canoes. Welcome back, we have just finished watching 10 Canoes and by we I of course mean Luke Jago Hello As you can hear him on their uh, 6PR And uh, Tegan Mulvaney Hello Who, you're not on any radio stations are you? No, no. Yet. Yet. Yet Yet
1: Am I going to be a guest, you?
0: Yeah yes. i get you on there, I've got so much clout there it's unbelievable Yes so, uh, guys, what did we think of Ten Canoes? We'll start with you first, Tegan, as you are in the uh, not seen it chair. Mm. What did you think?
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, at the when it was getting towards the end, I was kind of reflecting on it's a, as a whitey white girl. Like it's really lovely to be. It's a privilege, really, to see another culture. Mm. So beautifully shine and the the and the way they tell the story as well is mm. so yeah it's really cool i i um i well yeah when it was getting towards the end of it i was kind of reflecting on feeling a bit privileged to be watching the story
0: i i felt much the same way this is mm. my first time watching it as well and um as as you can probably guess i'm not i wasn't born in this country i've i uh, moved here when i was 14 so um, i uh, sort of have come to a lot of um indigenous culture stuff um quite late I suppose mm. compared to a lot of people. Uh but this was I had that same feeling of as as it was getting towards the end I was I was sort of feeling like oh but I don't want it to. This is so yeah. this is so interesting. This is so um And peaceful
1: and even even the the bits about the war and you know, warring and payback and everything is done I don't know it's um it's just a really lovely culture, and it's really interesting because they're not telling an out of the ordinary story. Really, they're telling, especially the black and white parts of the part that's in the not so, not so um, far away past. Mm. And they talk, you know, with, with all of that stuff about it's them on a on a goose hunt. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. It's really that's really really cool. And then to, I love the idea and. Just, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit, but um, the, the story being a tree and there being all these branches on the tree and how they've reflected that in how they've made this film.
0: Mm. No, it was it was really lovely. And Luke, obviously, watching it for the first time since uh, 2006, uh, 12 years on, um, how, how did it hold up for you?
2: Yeah, it hold up, held up great. Um, I just love the authenticity or the feeling of authenticity Mm -hmm. that it brings uh it really transports you into those times and uh yeah it yeah it was kind of like a magical experience you know to go back in there and see again and like you were saying um it it, you don't really want it to end because you just you you just get swept up in their culture Mm. and it just felt so real and the Uh, storytelling devices that they use um really accentuate that you know from the black and white photography to the color photography showing different time periods and different stories within stories um
0: you know i could watch that for ages you know Mm. i just loved Mm. it yeah well i mean we should point out the the version we we watched was the theatrical release version which is uh mostly in english language and with subtitles but you can uh watch this film um with with no english whatsoever and indeed with no subtitles as well yeah. um which i think is fantastic and i'm genuinely actually quite curious now that i suppose now that i know what the story is to see that story without any subtitles popping up um and and just to see uh, what it's like really focusing on the rhythm of the speech which is um present throughout the film um yeah it's just it's just a really really fascinating film mm um and i i can definitely see why there was a big uh hullabaloo made about it when it was first came out because it's excellent yeah and it, there's nothing else like it that i've absolutely, seen anyway yeah. I, well it, yeah similarly i i can't uh think of anything which pops up um so the the film is narrated by um uh david uh, gulpalil thank yeah. you yes i wanted to make sure i pronounced it right mm. uh david gulpalil who's um a very well known indigenous actor and is just a great narrator, just really, yeah. really charming. That's right.
2: Was there? Yeah, he's got a very just uh, colloquial way of speaking. Yeah. Was there a Star Wars joke? Yeah, at, at the, the start? start
1: in a galaxy <laughs> far, far that? away, oh, and then God. the end with and they lived happily ever after. after. There's just nah. that little tongue-in-cheek <laughs> dig at um, conventional. You know, non-indigenous storytelling. Mm. Yeah, and I think I like, is incredible. Like well, yeah. yeah,
2: not to jump ahead to the end or happy ever after, but that is what life, even in modern time, is like. You know, yeah. there is no uh, happy endings and clear cut. Um, you know, st- stories for people that just wander off into the, into the sunset. Mm. You know, it's like maybe he did get married, maybe he didn't. You know, it's mm. it's not for me to say, but it's a pretty good story, isn't it? You know, and mm. yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, and it was great and it was it was really um lovely. And the way that this film sets itself up in, in that you are seeing two um time periods from the past and it feels as though the, the narrator is 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 the one contemporary link that we have uh to to modernity. But, you know, he's telling this story of the the goose hunt from a couple hundred years back, and mm. then within that goose hunt there is the story that's being told thousands
1: um, could be thousands yeah well, 40,000 years yeah, back indeed yeah.
0: it, it's one of those things where it's a it's a uh, is myth the right word I guess or legend like, like one of those like classic fables maybe well, I'd
1: say it's history I think they tell it because uh, yeah it, the storytelling is, yeah, is myth, told I mean, as I I think when you I understand the use of the word myth but I maybe in the way we we know it it's, seem, it's it would be more of a Fantasy idea, when I suppose, it, when yeah. The,
0: and whereas the, there isn't really anything fantastical about this, either. yeah. Like no, it's he, all based on
1: actual one. religious beliefs, like, yeah. but the tie in is beautiful. Like hmm. when, um, uh, 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 when he dies, hmm. it's all about him going back to his waterhole, and that's what David Goldpilil talks about right at the start when he yeah. talks about being born in the waterhole and doing the circle. So I love that, even you know that they're spanning 40 plus thousand years of time in those stories mm. they've tied them together just like just like when they tell their stories now the dreaming mm. now they all tie their stories that have been told for that much amount of time i'd love that they did that mm. so simply in this in this story just by linking his the events of his death with david uh, with david goldpuller talking about how he came about mm. to be at the start
0: yeah, mm. yeah it's amazing it was yeah it was it's really well put together very well um told and presented the other thing i really enjoyed was the convention of having one time period being in monochrome in black and white and then the other time period being in color and that the the really distant past was in color color, Yeah. yeah um it was just i mean it was really fascinating i mean and partly i really i think that decision was because the the ten canoes the um titular ten canoes which are Discussed were based off a photograph, uh, a black and white photograph that was taken by um, the uh, colonial settlers of um, Indigenous people constructing these canoes. Wow! Um, mm. And I think I, I don't did know. David Gulp will show that to the director. Is that? I'm like, not I'm I'm entirely sure. Allow me just to skip ahead to yeah. my. He uh, might have known because he showed it to him.
1: He's he's yeah. fascinating. He's it is. His history. Yeah. Oh, there, wow. there we go,
0: yes. The the photograph was shown to the director, Rolf De Heer, by uh, David Goldblil. The picture was of 10 native men uh, in their bark canoes uh, in a swamp. The photo was taken by the anthropologist Dr. Donald Thompson, who worked in central and northeastern Land 70 years earlier during the 1930s. So, wow. yeah, the fact that the, um, the the whole thing came about yeah, from came from, about from, that. from a photograph. From, yeah, it's yeah, great. Um and i i loved all the stuff of showing the the canoe being built uh, and showing how they they went about doing the hunt for the, for the geese and for the for their eggs um and i really liked the fact it was l- the little cutaways from the story uh from the from the other story the the um the the very distant past story yeah. um i i just thought it was really it was a really great way of breaking up um that story yeah it felt so um but it just felt so right because
2: the, the black and white monochrome stuff, it did, did feel like a documentary. Like you're watching, mm. you know, there was a camera crew out there that followed this tribe and it's educational. You see how they're building their canoes, how they have to build those platforms in the trees, know, in the swamps yeah. to avoid the crocodiles at night because it's too far to go back to land, to camp. Mm.
1: Um, but I th- And I think all that yeah, adds great.
2: Um, like uh, brevity to to what they're,
1: to yeah. the actual story. Like you're... In learning what life is like and what culture is like for, um, I think the Yongul
2: Yungul people, Yongle, yeah.
1: the Yungul people, that helped with then invest your interest into the other story as well, yeah, the, which the, is mm.
2: kind of told in visually told in a very classically you know um, mythological filmic kind of style mm. with gliding, cam camera work and big, wide, colourful vistas of mm-hmm. the red dirt and, you know, but, but specifically that gliding camera work, which I just love in this film. It felt mm-hmm. so modern but so simple mm-hmm. in um accentuating, you know, just certain moments mm-hmm. in, in the story, like it was a story being told straight out of a storybook.
0: And it also added a, a slight credence to that, that sort of documentary-style um, storytelling as well. Some of those shots did feel like watching, I, I suppose, like a David Attenborough Uh, documentary you know those opening shots where they have that and obviously with um, Rolf de background being that he has done a few documentaries as well Um, it's just really really wonderful to see so many strengths that the filmmakers have being utilised and put together in a way that doesn't doesn't clash and doesn't create uh, a weird, jarring experience.
2: It's such a fine line, just such a, a tightrope that they're walking. Um, but it just felt so right. And it yeah, that, that's the thing. It felt authentic, like you're watching a documentary, but it's like real filmmakers are making this thing. But mm. it's hard to even picture a camera crew there with seeing yes. yeah. people and crew around. It just felt like they literally were transported to these camps and had the ability to move around in you know, with invisibility with mm. these beautiful steadicam shots mm. and capture what was going on.
0: And there were fart jokes as well. That was no, the, the, the fart jokes.
2: Yeah.
1: But I think that's I mean, reading that they were hilarious, all of that mm. <laughs> about the prick. I've got a i got think he's got a, he's covering his <laughs> prick because yeah,
0: he's got trust a little a man, prick. With can't can't trust trust a small man, prick. little prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and and like uh, one of the things that really uh, stuck out for me was the fact that the um the sequence with the sorcerer is talking about the strange and about he can, how he can do magic with their shit, yeah, um, yeah. which is funny and fascinating at and the same terrifying. time and terrifying, and terrifying. yeah and the show yeah showing all the different ways he can like use their poo to like take control of them or make them feel ill i yeah. like that
2: too how the, those those, i guess i guess you call them fantasy sequences yeah where they're, where they're um showing what, they're imagining. what they might yeah what they're imagining and it's yeah. got that kind of sin city kind of mm. you know half black and white but the humans are in that color mm. you know kind of stuff but they're, they're um yeah the background's black and white i just love, love that visual kind of trick as well yeah. really cool
0: and it was um yeah I, I just there's, there's just so many things about this film which are really interesting I mean the main story itself um as you said Tegan isn't isn't one that is um entirely original it's it's a story of um that's that comes across in pretty much all cultures mm-hmm. um uh, we, we we follow the warrior um Rigie um who's um this this well-respected warrior within his tribe um, he has his three wives um and his brother uh, is coveting um the the youngest of those three wives um maybe because they're a similar age partly also because um the the younger brother um, I'm, I'm trying my very best not to butcher the pronunciations here um uh um, yeah. he's desperate yeah he's he's very desperate he's you know he's a, nothing he's, more unattractive he's a, he's a young man he, you know he wants to go out and prove himself he wants to get himself his first wife um and you know be part of be part of the gang and you know not not it's living
1: probably coming to an age where he's going through the trials to become a man mm. that they yeah. you know that the the, the law trials and stuff that they do mm. so that's it's probably i love it's, it's, it's all about patience i just love that yeah. and they they mess with the audience as well they go you know they go yeah. I know you want to know the end of this story <laughs> but you got to listen cuz yeah. this yeah. is yeah, I yeah.
0: Because it's all part of the tree. They That's they it. keep coming back to that point that that circular storytelling thing, which is you must understand every branch of the tree and the story to understand the tree or the story. Yes, and I think it really ties in quite well. But we have the the younger brother, um, uh, your alperil who is is very keen uh, on on the on the third and the youngest wife. Um, but obviously you can't can't really do much there. You know, when your brother's a, a, a war hero um, who. who quite literally has a lot of spears and a lot of mates with spears <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things where it's you know learning to bide your time and we see um you know we see them going on their own hunts we see um all the the various women in the tribe going together and foraging um we yeah. we see um the fact that there is um the, the way they eat and the fact that they eat things like honey and that uh for, for one character in particular, Honey is um, Birin uh,
1: Buren. I wrote his yeah, name down. Very What's big Birun, Birun.
0: Birun, Birun. Oh, yeah. great character. Yeah, just a lot a comic relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just a big fat granddad who, yeah. who loves his honey. He's got and, his honey belly. Yeah, and he's great. just wandering around going, "Hey, kid, you got any honey? No, granddad, get your own." Oh. <laughs> and they bring him some, and they ask for some. He's like, "I told you to get your own. This is granddad's honey." <laughs> yeah, and again, just a really um, wonderful character and. I really enjoyed when we were being introduced to all these characters that we had essentially just close up shots of their faces looking to camera and the way mm. that those um uh, those performers were were acting just just told you everything about that character. Yeah. Um you know so obviously um uh morale, the warrior is very stern and not blinking and um when you get someone like Biram, Biram, he's there and he's like sort of almost she bobbing on the on. spot and yeah. uh, like <laughs> licks his lips when the narrator says honey yeah, <laughs> yeah <it was> great. <laughs> um yeah and it's just it's it's just really excellent storytelling um seeing seeing how all these different little factors feed into um essentially a story of Oh, there's a stranger, and we don't know if we can trust them. Uh, and the sorcerer is saying, "Watch out! He'll use shit magic on you, and you'll all you'll all be in trouble." Um, and then, of course, one of um, the the warrior's wives goes missing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and we even see everyone trying to theorize what's happened. Has she been kidnapped? Has she been kidnapped specifically by the stranger? Was she eaten by a crocodile? Um. And it's. I, I thought that was a really interesting bit seeing that um her, her husband was basically going no she wouldn't wander off when everyone else is saying that she'd wander off. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: that's really important uh, to and I and even uh, the oldest wife as well. She's incredible that mm. that character. I think it's really it's a it was a really subtle and beautiful way of them showing that the wives were not necessarily they weren't possessions for them to have. Yes, he had Three wives, but it wasn't out of possession. It was out of. Um, I I learned a little bit about. Well, I, I worked with um, uh, yuri yakin who's the Nunga mm. theatre company in Perth, and they part of that was learning about culture, but learning about Nunga culture. So it's probably mm. a bit different from this one. But there's, I think there'd be similarities. But um, I wish I could remember. But there's actually there's a reason. There's a, a law and logical reason why in that time the husbands had more than one wife mm-hmm. it was a protective it was for protection so it was a really subtle way of them showing that um that they really cared for for the women
0: yeah i, I so said you, you d- couldn't
1: just go oh well one's gone i'll just grab another one it was like no these are my wives yeah i love them and they all have a, a role to play mm. um and she needs to be you know, avenged or or found.
0: Yeah, and I I think that it's really interesting that um, it it comes across that you know he does care for all three of his wives in in a pretty equal measure. You mm. know, we we see um, when his first wife's being affectionate towards him, and he's sort of affectionate back. But doing the quiet baby, I'm a tough warrior, doing my my lookout stuff, and then <laughs> uh, but then you know he he makes sure that his youngest wife has. Uh, has enough food, um, yeah. and and you know obviously when um, his his second wife uh, uh, Noah Lingu goes missing, um, you know he's he's heartbroken, yeah, um, and goes argu- de- not arguably definitely goes too far because it it results in um, him spearing a a rival tribesman to death uh, because he's convinced that he
1: thought he was the stranger that he was the stranger mm-hmm. who
0: came and had all the bad magic potentially around him and. Mm. Um, yeah, just Spears, a, a, a poor guy having a poo, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. the stranger's brother, yeah. Well, that, yeah, then that a, was an unfortunate thing. That was unfortunate, yeah. yeah. But the thing that I really found interesting from both a narrative perspective and from a, um, uh, looking at another culture perspective, was that, uh, the agreed upon vengeance. Um, yeah, very the, interesting. Yeah, the fact that it's like, well, you've killed one of ours, so basically this this is something that we all agree on to stop us having a war. We're just all going to throw spears at the guy who did it yeah. until yeah. one hits him. If it kills him or it doesn't, it doesn't really matter just as long as we've had our chance to have our revenge. They needed
1: yeah. to pay... It's eye for an eye, payback.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it it really read into... In a strange way, it reminded me of The Princess Bride. Um, you know, of, of the... the you know, not not to be too glib about it but you know that, that I that whole idea of of uh, honor between yeah. um these these you know I hate to kill you oh I hate yeah. to die that kind of thing yeah. um, that that sort of um, honor you know that sort uh, the, the, you know the pistols at dawn the, the you know all these um, concepts of uh, the honorable jewel um, of, of of just respecting each other um, well that
1: was the law that was the that was the landlord I mean there were how how many was it over 300 different language mobs, at least, yeah. in, in, through Australia. So the law of that that law that they had, that land, that payback law, that sort of stuff, that was really important. Yeah, there were yeah. Uh, there were rogues here and there, but I'm that that's what kept that's what kept everyone together, kept everything working really well. It was definitely yeah. built on honour.
0: It was, and it's it, yeah, it's one of those things that um you, you're made aware of, I, I find, as someone who, yeah. who moves here and you learn about the Indigenous culture, but actually seeing it presented in this film, admittedly as part of a, a narrative, but being presented, like everything else in this film, as being quite respectful, mm. um, was just kind of brilliant. But well, that's yeah. where this
1: film yeah. is in education as well, don't, don't you think? Like oh, I, absolutely, this yeah. It's a film they could show and should show in probably high schools, and maybe, maybe they do. I feel but like
2: they probably too, hmm. in some high schools, yeah. Maybe,
1: yeah. especially maybe in the NT. In regional schools, yeah. Yeah, because it, it's, it explains culture and it explains past and it explains history and it explains dreaming. They're you know, all, all fairly factual, I would think, as well, but it explains it in, a, in an engaging way. And, you know, the farts and the poos and the, yeah. all of the, the, the banter is enough to draw... Audiences, it's it's, it's yeah. a beautiful way of educating non-Aboriginal people mm. on what it's like to be an Aboriginal seventy thousand years ago, two hundred years ago, and and now. I think it's it's quite. Well, even
2: Aboriginal youths today. I mean, oh yeah. might, The school that I grew up in for a bit when I was younger. um would have benefited hugely from a film like this yeah. had it been made back then this is i'm talking between 89 and 91 when i was in this school but i was the only white kid in this school and um yeah and that, that there were lessons and teachings about their culture there's Yamaji culture that, mm. where, where i was up near gerald yeah and uh there were um many lessons that they were taught by their elders you know about uh their culture and something like this, which were great. And I found fascinating just as a, you know, 10-year-old would you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know, was allowed to sit in on these lessons and um, take it all in myself. And I just think a movie like this, had it been made uh, back then, uh, would have been fantastic for um, mm-hmm. these uh, kids who are, you know, kind of all around that age between uh, 6 and 12, you know.
1: Especially someone like Yamaji Kids because Yamaji culture was almost wiped out yeah we almost completely wiped out it was when when colonial colonization happened and Mm. they tried to get massacre basically every aboriginal person that's that that was one of the cultures that they almost lost right um because i grew up in as well so Mm. yeah i remember my 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 mum worked with a lot of indigenous kids and i remember hearing that and just and thankfully it didn't yes because it's Mm. Good. Like, think of how many probably have. There's, I know there's like language groups up north where no one knows the language anymore. So you've lost entire language, entire languages in yeah. the last, well, since 1788, we've lost. You know, we're losing these things left, right, and centre. And the fact that we've got something that could give it back and so beautifully mm. is is really, really exciting. I think that's why I felt so. I feel so privileged because it's a hard thing to even really talk about that side of culture every bit that i've experienced through work and through being out in um regional australia I've always felt I- incredibly rewarded from sharing these moments with kids like they're really trying to push it more now mm, um yeah. enriching the culture which is really really great mm. um like i remember being out in leonora and the, mm. we were hanging out with these kids at leonora primary school and they um they were doing their homework and we were like, what are you doing? And these kids were like, we're doing Australian standard English. <laughs> I was like, that sounds boring. Yeah. And they said, it's to stop us speaking Leonora lingo. We were like, oh, teach us, teach yeah. us. But teach us the rude words. Yeah, straight so away. Learnt, <laughs> always the rude words. So we learnt like, well, kid, they were like nine and ten. So we yeah. We learnt like, um, um, Mumbrun was bum. And they're the only ones I can remember as well. Careful. I, gotta gotta I might have to bleep some of these. And, Gunner and um, Gunner was poo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Mara Gunna, guna. Guna. no, it's guna Yeah, yeah it's guna in it's Yamaji's Yama- guna. Maranda. Ma- what's J- Maranda? That's your bum in
2: Yamaji. Uh, G- <laughs> anyway,
1: we could go. I know Kuni is shit in. Yeah. Might be Nunga. Might be Yamaji. G- might be both.
2: Yeah.
1: So yeah, we we learnt some really. And one of the girls had this. Um, she had really long legs. She was the fastest runner in Leonora. So she was Galia Dalpa, which is um, Emi legs legs. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, those awesome. kind of things, yeah. that's what this invokes in me is thinking mm. of those kids and thinking of mm. um, of what it, you know, I, I, looking at it from my perspective is totally different from looking at it from someone who is potentially looking at their ancestors or looking at their history and their past. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, I
2: wish I could have appreciated my time a lot more. I was just too young to really appreciate it, you know, yeah. until you look mm. back on it and go, wow, that was an amazing experience to have in such formative years yeah. of my life. Mm. But it was just normal at the time. That's and it. And it took me to come back to Perth to realise what racism was for the oh, first time. I know. And uh, that was kind of weird and hard and difficult, but um, but would not change a thing about those experiences that I had just being between 7 and 10 years old just in a completely different culture but too young to really appreciate it at the it's time. It's incredible. Yeah.
1: And they, again these stuck um sorry this is my, it does make me reminisce for these experiences mm. that I've had it reminded me of working at the children's hospital with lots of aboriginal kids there. Um and I was there making balloon animals and I made my I had to make a a dugong A girl mm. came in and said um can you make me a dugong balloon i was like sure so i made this incredible dugong balloon guys no 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 youtube helped a lot no 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 i'm not that good um so i made her this dugong balloon and was like ta-da and then a family from broom came in and they mum went that's a that's a dugong oh they're delicious and this little girl went what (laughs) she was horrified Horrified. (laughs) Because it was her favourite animal that she'd studied at school. That she, but she hadn't studied the part where, um, you know, the, the mobs in Broome are still allowed to cook them and eat them because yeah. they do it because it's traditional and they yeah. do it properly and it's what they ate and it, they know how to eat it. And so we had yeah. to then have this conversation <laughs> where <laughs> we explained that you know Mum's right that people ate and this little is <laughs> this clash of cultures and fixing like the you know the, the explanation to do with it. It's where a film like that would work mm, pretty yeah, well. That's precious.
0: One of the things that I really liked, um, again, just from um, learning something about culture, the the platform tree camps. That
1: was amazing. So that, cool.
0: That was awesome. I mean, it, you know, and it's one of those things that makes perfect that makes sense. sense. All right, we're yeah. somewhere where there's, you know, a lot of crocodiles, it's water, we can't make camp. There's a lot of trees, though. Let's, yep. let's yep. B- build our camp in the trees. And it was great. And I, I love that we saw... We saw both time periods use the platform tree camps. Mm. And we, we, there was that sim, same shot of, uh, first we saw it with the 10 canoeists in the more recent past, um, of them all stood perfectly still on their boats in the swamp. But because it's in black and white and there's all the reeds, it looks like they're just standing in grass until they start to move and then yeah. you realise they're on the boats. Mm. And we see that same frame shot, but with the, the, the way back when. Uh, on their way to the oh, um, to the payback yeah to the payback yeah. yeah and um and yeah it but we see that shot in in color and we see all the vibrant greens that we know are there um and i i, I loved the fact that the, the two stories were overlapping and the the really clever thing as well of having um the same actor playing the young man in both uh mm. in both stories um and i i think that was just a really nice connection as well because it really felt as though we were, we were seeing how he was experiencing the story because he was putting himself in the role of, of the young man in the yeah. past which you know he was basically you know because he was uh, coveting the third wife of one of his uh, elder, his elders I think was it, was it his brother as well in yeah. The, yeah yeah it's and just so, a much older brother yeah and his, brother, his brother's going let me tell you a story you might recognize yeah. basically everything about this situation. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> convenience story for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah um but it was yeah the, those platform tree camps I was all about them that was brilliant yeah. i mean I,
1: they looked really comfy too
0: yeah, and just
1: even though cooking on them like yeah. every every mm. cooking oh it was incredible
0: yeah. yeah um and then of course we, we we see the the payback um happen, and uh, unfortunately uh, for well unfortunately for Rigie Murll he is struck by a spear and it ends up killing him um mm. but it's an amazing sequence. It's so great because this, this, from when he's struck by the spear to when he does eventually pass, it's probably about fifteen minutes film time. Mm. But we see so much of um, his experience of death because he, obviously, he receives the wound and he he refuses to be carried off while the other tribe are there. So he walks off, yeah, going, saving I'm face, and yeah. yeah. yeah st- and then, still angry. obviously, yeah. he gets weaker through blood loss. Uh, they get back to the camp. Um, the sorcerer comes and has a look at him and goes, mm, "Yep, nope. Uh, the The spirits are within him. This the, you you are on the way out." Yeah. Um, and then the 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 death dance, that is yeah, it was outstanding. Crazy, yeah. It, it was is amazing. just it's
1: so simply yeah. shot, but simply shot, beautiful. simply lit- it looks simply shot. Yeah. I doubt it was because I bet that took a fair bit to set up. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that's probably. incredible.
0: And just watching yeah. um the the actor that played uh, Richard Merrill, uh. Crusoe uh Curdle or uh, Curdal, I guess, um performing that, that dance. Um and I'm I'm not exactly sure how to explain It was quite moving. It was moving me because and it was it was also It's like
2: he was passing on something mm. to the camera for yeah. for us to see. Yeah, yeah.
0: That and, could mean a, quite a bit to uh, him. And the way the way that he was sort of switching between being so committed to the dance and the the pain, the pain weaker, yeah. of of the the physical pain of that injury and the fact that it was slowly, well, not even so much slowly, it happened quite quickly to be honest. Um, preventing him from continuing the dance and then eventually he collapses and other warriors come in and they finish the dance for him and but then he they still all...
1: moves his hand and he still moves yeah. his foot so they yeah. know they, he's, he's listening. listening
0: it's just beautiful yeah. i think
1: yeah. that it's his death dance as well i think that because they, they keep calling it his death dance mm-hmm. so whether that means that it's just one that's been made that he's made just for himself or that they know it's just for him or whether it's because it's a dance that they do but it's for him it was it was that it was so personal that it, you know that as ritualistic as it was it, there is there was so much weight in the fact that this man was going to die, mm. and the way that he's ended up with this fate, was quite, quite devastating. Mm.
0: And then once he has passed, and we see the uh, the preparation for him to return to the waterhole. So hole, incredible. Um, and then we have um, uh, Noah Lingu returns, um, yeah. and you know, just like you know, all classic tragic love stories turning up at just the wrong time. And it turns out that she was kidnapped, and she's essentially spent a season like walking back to where her tribe is and yeah. finding that you know her husband has died and, and she she weeps and it's very powerful how that's done um and then of, of course you know it's like so you want to hear the end of the story okay mm-hmm. we'll tell okay. you the end of the yeah. story and it's so Let's quick wrap it up. <laughs> not only is it quick it's quite funny yeah. It um, is. That's right. Like yeah. life sort of returns to normal you know we see um uh, Birim Birim? Yep. uh yeah um, we see him, you know, like, getting but his honey. But he shares his honey yeah, He time. does share his honey, yeah. so he has learned. But, you know, he's complaining us. to one of his wives. And we see that, um, you know, our, our, our young... Um, it's interesting because he's not really the protagonist, I guess, even though he's framed that way in um, Yellow peril. Um mm. he, he he gets what he wanted at the start of the film, which is he gets the the, the youngest wife but he does also get the other two and they are fighting over him and that's sort of great. where he's left. Mm. And it's, it's a really great sort of like careful what you wish for end. Mm. Um, and that's exactly also, what yeah. I took away from it, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I think it also <laughs> proves that the, the start of the, where the story starts and where it ends in this sort of storytelling, it, the, the, it's the journey that's more important than the end point. Mm. Which, yeah. You know, because that the whole journey took us to another... Much more important story and a much more important moral about patience and about, um, you know, uh, uh, waiting.
2: Yeah, it's not like the the, the young kid who's coveting the wives kind of did something that set off events that came yeah. back to oh, you know, you remember you did that back in the it's, yeah. it, That it's nothing to do with that
1: because if they were going with that, they might have got him speared instead of yeah, um, exactly. instead of Rijimuru. Like they, that's that's what I was wondering was going to happen whether yeah. um. You know in in all of this you know this he was going to get speared and not going to get his wife at all but it wasn't about that it was about it was much much bigger than that
0: mm, yeah um there isn't a lot of imdb trivia uh, on this film um in fact there's i think five bits in oh, wow. um, and we have discussed some of them already but the the couple we haven't um talked about uh, one involves the canoes themselves um, the canoes in the film were made according to the original tribal methods, using directions from tribal elders who'd not made them in about fifty years. Wow! Wow! Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, because
1: um, the last tribe that they found, or mob that they found, mm. was in the sixties. Mm. Have you ever seen that mo- that video? No, no. No, no,
0: no,
2: there's
1: a video of the last. It's, um, yeah, the the last. M- m- wandering group that they found small family group was in like 1963 yeah right and so they filmed them so they were you know they, mm. and a lot of they're still traditional methods being used but not as much as they were if you can hear squeaking it's <laughs> gruber and gruber. his um watermelon mm. lettuce dog toys <laughs> they're like
0: yeah, he's been he's been very good today. Yeah, he um, has.
1: He ate all the cheese though. Oh, okay, <laughs>
0: yeah. okay. Except for when he ate the cheese. But <laughs> other than that, he's been very good. I'm happy to report. Um, yeah.
1: So, the, like, it, well, it's incredible that they managed that. There were groups that managed to go that long.
0: Hmm. The the only other bit uh is, is something you actually uh, spoke about. um I don't think we were recording at the time, though, mm. uh, Jago. Um, which was that during shooting in the Northern Territory in the um, Arafura Swamp, uh, the crew uh, were required to have eleven crocodile spotters. That's right. Wow. <laughs> I, I do remember that piece. Mm. Yeah. And we, we only see a, like one shot of a crocodile. In this. And yeah, that's when we're looking at a fantasy sequence. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, where they
1: think she's been eaten. Think, yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> but yeah, looking at looking at all those things, I was like, oh my, it's so beautiful. And then occasionally, mm-hmm. I'd have to remember, yeah, there's probably like twenty things that can kill you that I've yeah. not, I've not thought about. Um, but yes, the the crocodile spotters were out in force for this film. Yeah, that's so essential, great. very essential. Mm-hmm. So, um, ultimately, Tegan, uh, first watching this film, I- I'm sensing that you've really enjoyed it because all, all we've said is how much we've enjoyed <laughs> it. Um. It's. I don't know what 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 are your, I suppose your takeaway from this experience.
1: Um, takeaway from this experience would be. Um, I. I wish I'd watched it, sooner. Um, I. Again, I, get, I think I said it before. I feel very privileged having to being allowed to be involved in. There were things in there, you know, especially with like. Um, uh, when he dies, mm. there, are, there are things in there which you know we wouldn't normally be allowed to see. I don't think, like with the preparing the body and things like that, that's sorry business. That's mm. that's stuff that we, um, as not members of of, of their yongul group, that we would be allowed to take part in or see, and we are allowed to see that they've obviously got special permission. From their elders to allow us to see they don't, they don't show a lot i mean they don't you know they don't show everything because mm. that's the the that would have gone on for months and months and months the their funeral for yeah. him. um but even things like that i i just it's really beautiful there's so much science involved like Sci- the, the the culture is such a beautiful mix of science and um and uh Again, for one, a very word mythology, mm. and you know, and magic, magic, science and magic. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when they say about the giant, in this one, uh, it's the giant water lizard yeah. who came and created the world and did everything like that. The, the, the stories um, I got told working in WA were about the rainbow snake, mm. um, the rainbow serpent, and the reason they came up with that is because up in the north, in the top end, and probably in Northern Territory as well, they noticed that when they'd go underwater, the rocks underwater were the same as the rocks at the top of the cliffs. Right. So they realised that the water levels must have been up higher at some point. So something's made the water levels go down. So a big serpent must have sat on the land and pulled them. There's so much incredible um, beauty, hmm. even in ha- like their marriage laws and, and things like that. So they, they created a whole marriage system to ensure that no one intermarried um, to make sure that everyone was happy and healthy and, and, the, and breeding, you know, was in, and mar- marriage integrated into breeding properly. Like, I think they touch on all of that in this film without kind of telling you things you don't need to know or, you know, or being a documentary style and ramming information down your throat. It's told through a beautiful narrative, but all of this incredible stuff is, is, is thrown in. It just makes me want to learn more. Hmm. No, And I hope I get yeah. a chance to because it's yeah.
0: Yeah. and and for you Jago, I mean obviously um second time viewing it, what, what what's your sort of overall impression um of 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 this piece of work? I
2: just wish there were more films like this mm. uh that uh just, just just um displayed traditional indigenous living mm. and
1: Have you seen that um, David Stratton um film doc the this series that was on the ABC? That recent? Is it pretty yeah. recent No, I haven't. No. They, they do a whole special on Indigenous film in that. So, he talks to a lot of Indigenous filmmakers um, about things like The Tracker. and Like de yeah. here, they talk about Walkabout. They talk about yeah, heaps as yeah. well. Um, but they, they talk to the director of um, Brand New Day and they ask her what made her want to direct Brand New Day, um, which is a, an old, iconic Australian uh, play that they turned into a film. And she said, I think this resonates really well with this film, um we have so many sad or depressing or negative depictions of Aboriginal people in film, um, because they've had to live so horribly for the last, you know, two hundred years with with um colonization. Um is it
0: colonization or is it colonialisation? Um I'll I'll accept either. Oh either either. Yeah. Ding
1: ding. Great. Um Yeah, so they've had you know, obviously there's been such an oppression that's Mm. gone on there that she worked really hard to ensure that we had um, a positive and a happy... Because Indigenous kids, Indigenous adults, Indigenous people are hilarious. Mm. They are so funny. They have such a beautiful sense of humour and of dance and of movement and of, you know, of entertainment. But we never see it because we're always displaying the the horrible things that we've done to them Mm. so um in brand new day which is a celebration of 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 indigenous people rising up against that it's a happy it's a happy and beautiful occasion and Mm. i think this falls really nicely into that part because it is it's an absolute tribute and um you know and um exciting way to view indigenous culture
0: Mm. yeah Shall we try to score the film? Yeah. All right. So uh, this is this is where we, we uh, get together and we decide on a numerical score out of 10, acknowledging that not all films are equal and that these numbers shouldn't really be taken seriously. But it's fun to score things anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Tegan, traditionally, we always go for the person who uh, hasn't seen the film before. They get to score it first. What would you give 10 canoes out of 10?
1: Um... 10 canoes out of 10, I reckon, for me, um, for various reasons. It's mm. an enjoyable and fun film to watch. It's quite powerful and sad, which is what you want in a film as well, but also mm. there's a whole other layer of um, of reasoning and context into why you should watch a film like this, mm. um, particularly if you're a non-Indigenous Australian. Mm. Any culture, any other culture in Australia, yeah. I think there's a lot to be learnt from this. Certainly. Um, yeah, so ten, ten out of ten for me.
0: All right, Jago, what would you give it?
2: it? Well, purely based on the notion that I haven't seen a film like this before or after, and I wish there were more of them. Like I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it ten bush poos out of ten. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: what a lovely scoring system. Uh, um,
1: oh, I want it to. Be... <laughs> I want to change mine to ten strangers with a covered prick out of ten. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, for me, it's 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 fantastic it is it is a really really fascinating um story it's beautifully shot and the longer i watched it the more i enjoyed it i think it's uh, it, it's a fantastically well-made film um i i yeah the, the, if i had any qualms with the film it, it was purely on maybe like a technical level Um i, I think the story is great i think the performances are fantastic and um i I think it's 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 one of those films that i would say is 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 pretty much a must watch um i I would have to say i would probably give it to me it feels like this this film should have a score of um nine honey loving grandpas out of (laughs) ten um yeah it's just it's a wonderful film um get your own honey yeah, yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> why not when you can get it for me <laughs> <laughs> um so uh luke and tegan thank you very much for watching 10 canoes with me
1: you are very welcome cheers Corba. thank you for letting us watch it sorry oh. my dog ate all the cheese
0: that's okay <laughs> and um for those of you listening at home thank you very much for listening in uh, if you have enjoyed this episode Uh, Why not tell us that you enjoyed it? You can uh, rate and review us. Uh, We are on iTunes and SoundCloud, and there's all sorts of little stars that you can uh, fill into your heart's desire um, to let others know that, obviously, this is uh, a fun and enjoyable series. Likewise, if you want to access our back catalogue, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We can also be found on Facebook uh, with uh, information, news, voting polls, all that sort of thing. Uh, So just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on facebook and we're on patreon p p patreon yeah Woo. um and if you uh want to get involved there um with all of the fun extras that come with that then just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast and as always for any additional information uh you can find us at thoughtjarproductions.com but that's all for this week's episode so until next time
1: bye m- what, you wait, damn it!
0: You you beat me to it. Why
1: well, did you left a big pause? And last time you left a big pause, and no one said anything. You were like, you didn't say anything, so I, I jumped in. I've ruined the whole podcast. We have to watch
2: the movie again. Yeah, we have got to do this again. Goodbye. Bye.
0: You've already said bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. I'm saying it again.